Welcome to the LifeLinks Leadership Podcast, insight and training from leaders around our network. Here's your host, Ian Bird. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome again to another LifeLinks Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to talk to leaders within our network and reveal the hidden acumen that's within LifeLinks itself. And today, I'm really blessed to be interviewing all the way from Kampala, Uganda, Pastor Peter Kesarebu. He's the lead pastor of Gaba Community Church. He's the founder and president of Africa Renewal Ministries, and he's also the team leader of the Fellowship of Community Churches in Uganda, which is a network that's part of LifeLink. So we're really blessed to have you with us today, Peter. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Ian. Cannot help to say I'm excited for what God is doing and what God is about to do on the earth today, but also among us, our churches around the world. Yes, amen. I agree. And, you know, when I was thinking and praying about who to, to interview for this next podcast, you came to mind because, well, I was just there actually in Uganda in September for Pastor mm-hmm. Joel Wells's crusades up in Mbali, Uganda. And I had the chance to stop by your facility in Gaba. You were traveling at the time. But it gave me a real sense of excitement about what God has been doing there and also what he's doing in our network overall. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your history in the ministry when you started at GABA and just kind of how things have progressed for you. Oh, thank you, my friend. You know, I accepted Jesus Christ way back in 1981. I was 19 years of age. A friend of mine shared the gospel with me. It was very interesting because the brother who shared the gospel with me, he did not know he was sharing Jesus with me to get saved because it shared a testimony of how God had healed him. He had a broken leg and then they prayed over him. And within just a a moment, the thing just solidified and they removed the cast from him and then he said when i experienced this i said i need jesus now i'm a young man he's a young man and it was the first time for me to encounter a person who had just received a miraculous healing and then and then he told me you know now i am saved i felt i needed to accept this man who changed me and who healed me And I was at a time, I would say, searching as a young man because I was having some struggles with life. My mother had just gotten saved a few, uh, like two years before, but she didn't know how to really lead me to Christ because I was was a young man and he was an old woman. But then when my friend shared the gospel, I said, I need what you have. This is what my mother was telling me about. And that began a journey, my brother, that led me to discover what it means to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And then I was finishing high school. I said, I need all that you have for me, Jesus. And about six months into my journey, in my tiny little room at a boarding school, praying alone, and I feel God speaking to me. And the way he spoke to me, it was like he was saying to me, read Romans chapter 10. Now, remember, I'm a new believer. I don't know much about the Bible. I hadn't read much. So I go to open chapter 10. And what I find 
the verse that came off the page, it was talking about how can they hear unless someone tells them? How can they go unless someone sends them? And I said, that's quite interesting. And then how beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news? So I felt that that was like an audible voice of God saying, Peter, I'm calling you into the ministry. Earlier on, my dream and my desire, earlier, earlier than that, was to become a medical doctor. But then when this came on me, I felt, you know what? This is the calling that God is telling me to follow. So I went to my pastor, the church that I had joined, and I said, Pastor, I'm going to be a minister of the gospel. So my pastor said, go back, finish high school, come back, talk to me. <laughs> so that's what I <laughs> So I went back and finished school. After I finished high school, went back. And that's when the Lord put me in touch with a man who discipled me. Cut the long story short, I found myself in Bible school. It was an Assemblies of God Bible school in Kenya. I was Amazing there for Kenya. almost four years. Wow. Mm -hmm. Four years. I know you love Kenya. I do. I love Kenya. We got some You've been great ministries. Few... Yes, I have. Yeah. You've been there a few times. It was an Assemblies of God school. Great school. It was led by American missionaries. It's that season that I got to grow more in the knowledge of God. My calling became clearer as I was there. So that's where it started out for me. Again, a few years later, I was back, served with my local church until the Lord, as usual, he calls me to this beautiful little village of Gaba. Ah, there you go. My friend, <laughs> we start with 15 people here. Amazing. There was a tiny little shelter that we started with. And this is a very difficult part. Lots of witchcraft, lots of religion. It is this place that taught me what it means to pray and to seek God and to really get to realize that you have to have a breakthrough when you pray and fast and seek God. So that's the, the summary of my beginning here in Gaba, my friend. Wow, that is amazing. What an awesome story. Starting with a miracle, starting with God healing somebody and then God <laughs> sovereignly talking to you through the Bible and giving you your calling. Now, I have a quick question for you. When I was mm. in Imbali in September, yeah. you were away, but your beautiful wife, Irene, was there and she spoke. Uh -huh. I got to listen to her as she <laughs> presented a wonderful message. Where did you meet her? How did you meet her? <laughs> That's another beautiful story. Because while I was in our local church that it was called Makere Full Gospel Church. Actually, this church was founded by missionaries from Vancouver, Canada. Amazing. Yes, the church yeah. where I grew up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Just a lots of yeah. Canada here. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to a youth camp. That's the first time I got to meet her. She was coming from another church. I was coming from this other church. We're all part of the same network of churches and then she was a young lady there you know so that's a beautiful girl but nothing serious we didn't get to know each other more later on when i returned from bible school our church had a small bible school 
and they needed people who can volunteer and they pay them a few shillings. Our money here is called shillings. Right. So I'm here planting a church. I need some little money. So I usually used to go there, serve. And whenever I served, they would pay me some little money. So Irene was my student. He had oh just joined Bible school. <laughs> <laughs> Again, she was beautiful girl, one of the best performers. And then nothing happened. But I came back here. And as I was serving, I felt it's time to look for someone to marry. And mm -hmm. I remember this girl oh, who go. used to be in my class. <laughs> now, her pastor was the principal of the Bible college. Oh, really? So I went, wow. yes, so her pastor was the principal. So I went to him and I said, by the way, what about this girl who used to be in our class who actually goes to your church? He said, oh, she's a good girl. I think she can make a good pastor's wife. But I don't know whether she has a suitor or not. I'll check out and find out, and then I'll let you know. <laughs> so obviously, so, she didn't. <laughs> she did not. So checked out, and then the next time I saw him, he said, I think this is a good girl for you. Why don't you just talk to her? So I did, and uh, the rest is history no, because in 19... The first weekend of 1994, we got married and we've been going ever since. So come January, it will be 29 years. Wow, January congratulations. Amazing. Thank congratulations, you. 29 years. Well, she's a wonderful woman and it's exciting how God brings people together. You know, my wife and I have realized this too. He brings us together for ourselves. He cares about us. Mm -hmm. He wants us to have great partner in life but he brings us also together for the ministry and for the furtherance of the gospel right so he gives us a calling wow. together so it's exciting to see mm -hmm. how you minister together so i wondered if you could also maybe give us a current little snapshot of what's happening in the three different ministries that you're involved <laughs> with as i said i was at gaba in september so i got to walk through the market got to see the facilities, your school. <laughs> I was quite impressed with what God has done. It is amazing to think of you starting with 15 people and now what is mm. happening there today. So yeah, maybe just give us a quick snapshot of what is actually happening to those ministries today. Thank you. So from those 15 people so many years ago, that's 1988 when I first came. Gaba Church has grown to become a church that, you know, the building you got to see, but we have multiple services here. We have, I would say, if you count children, count the youth, count the old people, and everyone who calls Gaba Church their home, you're looking at about 3,000 people. That's a lot uh, of people, wow. God has been so good to us. Mm -hmm. But then what is more exciting is that Gaba Church started planting churches. And when we started on that journey, Gaba Church has given birth to churches that have been given birth to other churches and other churches and other churches. So as we speak today, the network that we lead has got 900 churches. That's what Moses' update gives us. 
So 900 churches spread all over the country of Uganda. That is phenomenal. And many of these, amen. Many <laughs> of these churches are, I would say some of them have got a building. Some of them have got a, ten, a temporary shelter. Some of them have 70 people. Some of them have 100 people. Some of them have 800 people. So it's all kinds of churches from all kinds of tribes. It's a beautiful thing. So that's Gaba Church and the fellowship. And it's this fellowship that has been part of the LifeLinks family for, oh, my goodness, it's maybe 17 years now or something mm. like that. You know, yeah, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been a beautiful journey there. And then in 1990, we founded a ministry called Africa Renewal Ministries, which was the idea that we had with my brothers that we had here was let's do a ministry that goes beyond the four walls of the church to deal and serve in the areas of needs that God brings our way. And the areas that we ended up working on were three. One, we call it embracing children. As you saw, and you've been to Uganda, you know, this is your second or third time that you've been. Second time, yeah. Second time. There's thousands of them. This Mm -hmm. is a young country. So we feel God has called us. So God has called us to serve children, the least of these. So we help them. So we do a lot of child sponsorship programs. We help right from babies. We have a baby's home to a child care center where we help single mothers, to a child sponsorship program, to a children's village across the lake. And this children's ministry serves, as I speak today, almost 7,000 kids around the country of Uganda. That's incredible. It's, Praise God. It's been, I can't even describe what God has done. We've, <laughs> we've done this for more than 30 years. Children where children are now adults, many of them. Uh, Many of them are pastors. Many of them are, we have nurses, doctors, social workers, teachers, and all kinds. I would say we've touched at least 15,000 children over the 30 years that we have invested in, besides the 6,000 that we're dealing with right now. That is amazing. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Praise Thank the God. Lord. Yeah, that is incredible. Brother God has amazed us. But then the same ministry, Africa in the ministry, has another part. We call it equipping leaders. So in equipping of leaders, what we do is we look at the future of Africa and Uganda. It's about investing in young men and women and showing them who Jesus is, Encourage them to have a passionate love for Jesus, a love for their country or countries where they come from, and a desire to see transformation. So we've done that over the years. And through that program of equipping leaders, we've moved from not only doing little mobile Bible training programs to conferences like you've been part of over the years, and then to a college a Bible college, which has now become (laughs) a small university. So it's grown to that. We feel that that is what is going to really help us reach Africa and the rest of the world. Because currently, as I speak, we have students 
from at least eight countries. The, our college has about 800 students now. Wow. And they come from eight countries as we speak. That's amazing. Praise uh, God. I can't even describe what God has done. A third area that we've been involved in is what we call empowering communities. How does the church touch the communities where we are? Because, you know, I'm a pastor here in Africa, and this is what I've found, my friend. A pastor here in a village is a social worker, is mm. a marriage counselor, is a community mobilizer, is mm. a health medical advisor. <laughs> wow. That's what you find yourself doing. So what we've done is we help and ask our pastors in the fellowship, what is God calling you to do in your community? Some of them say, we need to have a, a water well for our community. Others say, we need to start a little clinic. Others say, no, we need to empower the communities by providing a cow so that people have milk or a goat. So then the church becomes the answer to that community. I love it. And we've done that big time. We've brought in mission teams from Canada and other countries who have been to communities and say, okay, in this community, this is what we're going to do. We have drilled water wells in these local places. We have uh, had people feeding the hungry recently. We're up in the north doing that. So it's really empowering communities. And we have a clinic. I don't know if you were able to go up there. I wasn't able West to. Medical Center. Yeah, I wish I could have. So, yeah. So those are the three major things that are being done through Africa Renewal Ministries. Well, I think what impresses me most about it, you know, having been there the last time we were there in 2014, before this time in September, you had meetings the conference was at the university. So I got to see the university. Mm -hmm. And at the time you were moving forward and developing it further. Mm -hmm. But to see all, all that God has done, I think the holistic vision that you have is what impresses me the most. It's obviously preaching the gospel, people coming to know Jesus is paramount, but there's all mm -hmm. the other aspects around it of transformation and the nation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love the fact that now you've seen several generations grow up through the ministry. Mm -hmm. So it must be incredibly Thank gratifying, you. Peter, like at this point in your ministry life, it must be so fulfilling to see what God is doing and also to see the history now. And so I bless you, oh. brother. I'm impressed. I'm inspired by what you do and I'm so honored and blessed to be able to walk with you uh, as a Lifelinks Network. I know that there are many oh. who have been so encouraged by going over there and serving with yeah. the ministry. So thank you so much for that. I really mean that. Wow. I really appreciate that. Thank you. You know, when it comes to this, so you you are really with, with all those parts of the ministry, you are raising up people, investing in people. And now you have multiple generations of pastors. Let me just shift here for a minute and ask you, for all of us here who are listening, what are the qualities you look for? in those you invest in and develop as leaders. When you consider the people, uh, what are the raw qualities that must be there for them to succeed? You obviously are having great success raising up leaders. What do you look for, Peter? What is kind of the culture of your network? <laughs> it's a good question. It's a tough question, but also it's a beautiful question. That's the way I would put it, my friend. <laughs> but let me say this, my friend. 
when you start looking at where we are and how God has been moving, I would say that every ministry we do, there are people that God has assigned to be part of that ministry. And the way God brings them, many times you don't even know, you know, how God is going to bring them. But one of the things I see when local church setting, for example, when you start seeing someone so serious with God, they love to be in those prayer meetings. They, they are willing to serve and not to be served. They are not looking for titles. We have those people who say, where can I help? You know, they're asking either me or some of my leaders, where can I be of help? Or sometimes you are having all these outreaches, you know, you have some of my team in Bali would like to be part of this. I want to go and carry speakers for the crusade, you know. When you see that, it's like a seed of a servant leader in this person. So what we do is to say, okay, this is a person to invest in. And I ask my team, who of you can carry this young man along or this young woman along to kind of be like your young Timothy? How can you raise this person? We try to get our leaders to pick these people and start checking and working with them because it's a seed that you see in this kind of a person. The desire to follow God and the desire to serve. So that's one of the things that we have found. The other one is we have so many interesting meetings going on. Sometimes we have a youth meeting. We have a many times I'm always on the lookout. So sometimes I sit in the congregation and this young man stands up and is on fire for God. He starts preaching. So in our <laughs> pastor's meeting, I say, did you see so-and-so speak? Man, that guy has a preaching anointing on him. How can we give him more opportunities? And many times when you start interviewing this guy, you realize he's been having a call and he's been seeking God in the secret place. We say, okay. So when the opportunity to take a person to Bible school comes, we say, okay, this is a candidate to go because he already has a seed and a call that we have. Mm. So I always say, it's important for us leader to call out the gifts that we already see. I like that. Yeah. We always found that some of our best leaders are reluctant leaders. And you've seen that. Yes. For example, there's a guy called Elisha. I know you've seen Elisha in the conference that you came. He's the shortest one in our team. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, about 17 years ago, we needed to plant a church. It's in a place called Okonjiri, Western Uganda, far west. I've heard of it, yeah. And we didn't know what to do because the guy we had planned to go had some issues, so we couldn't send him. So Elisha is our discipleship pastor. And Elisha has what it takes. He had just gotten married. And I say, Elisha, we need to plant this church. You know what has happened? This guy can no longer work out. Do you mind going and helping us? Elisha didn't feel that he's the right person to go. He didn't feel that he has the ability to go. But I said, can you go? Even if it is six months, if it doesn't work, you're home. This is your home. Just come back. Hopefully by then we would have found someone to take over this work. 17 years later, Elisha is in Rukonjiri. 
17 years later, our church in Ukonji has more than 800 people. Amazing. 17 years later, this church has planted 85 churches. Incredible. <laughs> 85. That's phenomenal growth. And that's by a reluctant leader who initially didn't want to go. <laughs> he didn't want to go. He didn't feel he can't do it. So I always say, you are the greatest example of how God uses people who do not know that God can use them. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. But look at you, though. Like, I yeah. want to drill down on that a little bit. Look at you yeah. to see and your team to see the gifting. And what I'm hearing from what you're sharing is that that's probably the biggest start. Do we see God's perspective of who our people are? I think of Barnabas in the Bible, who, you know, mm -hmm. was the one who pulled Paul out and got Paul back in the ministry, right? But but Barnabas had mm -hmm. a prophetic ability to see the good in others. John Mark wow. as well. He could see who somebody was. He had the situation that when they needed to bring someone up to Antioch, he thought, ah, I know who it is. I've seen the mm -hmm. person. So that's what you're talking about. And you are obviously walking in that in your team. So that's really good to know. First key is Thank you. Seeing and letting God help you see the raw materials and the calling on people. That's awesome. Mm, yeah. Mm, Thank mm. you. It works. It always works when you identify those people and carrying them along. And uh, the other thing that I've found in this journey is that you give them opportunities because it's during those opportunities you give them that you get to find exactly what they're made of you know what mm. type of gifting they they're are proven so sometimes yeah. you say can can you please teach a class uh, and then you see how they're doing it then sometimes you say okay do you mind counseling with this couple you know it's oh it works you know it's putting them in those places where you give them the opportunity and soon enough you really start identifying the gifts yes sir <laughs> so good. Well, it's just very practical, I think, for all of us to keep in mind, because obviously you've raised up a lot of leaders. Once you've done that, there's the practical opportunities for people to serve and to grow. Also, you have a university. What are the programs you might have running for leadership development that maybe you channel your leaders into? I have to say this. We are learning as we go along. But one of, of the things we've found as a local church to start with, is to have a pipeline. I think in your world, you call it a pipeline, yes, a leadership right. pipeline. Yeah. So one of the things is if someone accepted Jesus tomorrow, what do we do with them? One of the things we do is to introduce them to our new believers class. Then we have a second level of class, which is really introducing them to the simple doctrines of the faith what does it mean to pray to read the word of god what is giving what is baptism and all of that mm -hmm. so that's class number two then we start sending them to our small groups we call them life groups but what we've found as our disciples look at these people they see different people and how they are growing then we have a class that we introduced many years ago here at church it's called the champions class and the champions class is really like the basic leadership class that we have for our church members. So when you see someone has a, you see potential in them, we invite them to attend this class. It's six weeks. 
depending on who is teaching, sometimes it's eight. Then in this class, we introduce them to who we are, what do we believe, what is the history of our church. That kind of lifts them up again to learn more and become deeper. It's when we start, that is on a local church level, that's when we start saying, okay, now that we have a small group, can you lead a small group? We have this. So we give them more involvement. Mm, yeah. So it's those people, if they're young men who are able to move, that's when, if we are going up north to teach or to do a conference, we travel with them just to kind of expose them to what I've already shared. It's after that, when we find that is, uh, this person has a real calling and they need to go to Bible school, then we start saying, okay, would you consider uh, mm. going to Bible school? Really? And many of them say, okay, I will, or I would like to, I want to do the part-time. We have a time, mm-hmm. part-time one yes. uh, where they go for two weeks and then we have the full-time one. So it's those kind of processes that's really good. that we go through here at the local level. Yeah, I really like yeah. that. So you're not just encouraging everyone, obviously, to go to Bible school or receive further training. Obviously, it's costly mm-hmm. and many wouldn't be able to do it. But once they're kind of proven, they're already serving, they're already functioning, and you say, ah, this person could do with some more refining, more teaching because mm-hmm. they have it and they're serving. I really like that. And then again, you're noticing wow. them but you're giving them opportunity. So good. Mm-hmm. I think there'd be many of us listening that would be encouraged to hear that because really when we think about it, the biggest lid on all of our ministries is leadership. If we don't have oh, enough yeah. leaders, we can't grow, we can't move forward, right? And so obviously no. you've had to learn how to do that. I want to ask you if there's any other keys. When you look at the 30-year arc of your ministry and the growth, which is tremendous multiplication, I'm just looking at the keys to that. Obviously, leadership development has been a key and is a key. Prayer, obviously, is a key. Is there anything else you can share that you would say for you looking back, these were the most important things we did to see this kind of growth? Uh Let me talk about partnership. Actually, in one of the LifeLinks conferences, I was asked to run a breakout session on partnership. I remember that. It was really good. One of the success stories from ministry is how to utilize the opportunity to partner Mm. and collaborate with other people. I have found, for example, I've already shared with you guys in the West, God has endowed the Western world with the ability to lead. Administration is a big gift that you guys have. The other thing, the Western world has resources, financial resources, lots of books and leadership trainings and other things. What we don't have here, we don't usually have that here in our country. So because of that, we find ourselves in a place where without it, the ministry cannot go ahead. So over the years, the Lord has shown it to us that you need to look for someone who has what you don't have. (laughs) When I come to you guys, I say, guys, can you help us in this area? And then you send me someone to train my people in those areas. (laughs) Can you partner with this church to do this thing? Partnership is what has made us so successful. Mm -hmm. Now, to partner well, 
you need to learn the other people's culture. That's a good. Uh, how do the Canadians run their work? How do they do stuff? How do Americans do? And then when I learn how you do stuff, then we start talking. And then I invite you to journey and walk with me in that specific space. Mm. So that's what I would say has been a huge key to what has made us do what we do. We cannot do this work alone. We need to collaborate. We need to partner. And I would say we are probably one of the most successful ministries in Uganda when it comes to partnership. You've been here, you've seen it. Financially, we can't do it, but also you need professional people that can do it. I even do it here at church. If you came to our church here 20 years ago, we were a beautiful little local church which was just trying to survive. <laughs> and then God started showing me, yes, you are good at teaching and maybe praying for the sick and counseling with people, but there are some accountants sitting in the church. Why don't you invite them to help structure your financial systems? <laughs> and I invited them. Wow. The Lord said, you have people who are managers of big companies. Why don't you invite them to help you create a strategic plan for the church? I invited them. And we formed a team here. We called it PDAT, Planning and Development Team. <laughs> so they would come and stretch us. And then we ended up having a good system. So for me, I want to partner with people who can do what I can't do. And I release them to help me do that. And at the end of the day, we all succeed. That <laughs> you <know>? is amazing. <laughs> I love that mindset. And it's obviously proven very fruitful for you. And I think the other thing I would say is you're a good partner as well. And what I mean by that is when Western ministries and others invest in you, whether it's financially or with people or what have you, you are very good at reporting back and letting them know what's happening. And I think as being a ministry that has partnered with you before, I can say that mm -hmm. it's encouraging for us as a ministry because we see the fruit. Mm -hmm. We can see what God is doing and you let us know what God is doing. So I think mm -hmm. to be a good partner, it's a two-way street, right? You receive, Why? you engage with others, but then you engage back. And I think you're good at both of those. So I want to commend you for that. And thank you for sharing that. And I think the takeaway I would get for all of us here is what is God calling us in our ministries? Where is he calling us to partner? Where are mm -hmm. some deficiencies maybe where God says, hey, I didn't give you all this ability, but why don't you reach out there and partner? So that's so good. Last question. And then I'm going to have you pray for us. This is not a simple question, but what do you think for African leaders is the most pressing issue today? What among many, I know it's complicated having been there, right? But yeah, what yeah. would you say is a pressing issue for African leaders that we could be praying for over here in the West? Wow, that's a big one. I would say someone said that the church in Africa is a mile wide and an inch deep. Mm. And that's a deep one because what I've found is everything that we've done we've done because of learning from someone of the few classes we took in Bible school of the relationships that we have with people like you, with 
our pastor Dave and Mark Hughes and others and many of my friends in the U.S. So I don't know if you realize whenever I come over to your country, I use my camera a lot, my little phone. I take pictures, whatever mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. In every place, I write what I've seen. And I come back and I say, guys, this is what I've learned. Can we try it? <laughs> and to me, the key is our leaders have to be willing to learn from those who have gone ahead of them. Yes. And so many times we have to swallow our pride mm, and good. say, okay, I need to learn what, and see what the other person is doing and do it. So to me, the willingness to learn is going to be a big thing. Mm, so I would say that's a big need for us to be willing to learn and a willing to take the training whenever the opportunities come. Mm-hmm. The other major thing that we have, and I don't know if I've shared it with you or with Pastor Dave, is we have a lack of spiritual fathers. Mm. And I would add the word spiritual mothers. Yes. I'm 61, but in Uganda, I'm called a senior citizen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So many of the fathers have not taken on spiritual sons. Where you open up and put men in your wings and you walk with them. So because of that, Many young ministers are struggling to find out how to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. But the fathers are few, but not only few, they are not opening up to to help as many as they can. So what I've committed myself for the next season of my life, to be willing to share whatever I've learned, to mentor and to coach men and women. Because it was so hard to start here. The struggle was so hard. But I would like people to run faster than we did. And you do that if you learn from other people. That's so I don't good. want them to repeat the mistakes no. that I made as I was studying. So to me, I would say the big need is for the fathers to rise up, to so be good. the fathers that the church needs today. Now, the third part that people are going to say, we need resources, we need money. Now, yes, we are laboring in a very poor kind of environment. Financially, it's hard. But this is what I found. If we will learn well and we have people that coach and train us, then we will be able to even attract partners who can work with us. We've seen it happen. Like you've talked about, the way you communicate with the West, learning what accountability means, because it's a different culture, you know, yes, <laughs> the way you right. do stuff. Yes. But knowing if, I, if I'm going to work with Canada, I better learn that Canada has a revenue service that requires. Yes. No, very strict requirements. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because if I don't do it your way, then you will not be able to support me in what I'm doing. Because you also have to report to your government it's and true. to charge, you know. True. Yeah. So, so I've had to tell my people there is a way Uganda runs things, and many times accountability is, is not so much of a big thing. But if I'm going to attract a Western resources, yes, I better learn the international standards that are accepted 
in the countries I'm working with. Yes. It's been a tough journey. It would be. I'm yes. trying, <laughs> trying to convince my guys to think like that. But those who have learned, I have seen them thriving. Uh, well, I, I just want to say, Peter, it's clear to me that you're a lifelong learner. And I've known you now for, I think we were on the apostolic team together back in 2009, 2010. I've mm -hmm. known you probably mm -hmm. since the late 2000s. And one thing I know about mm -hmm. you, you are a learner. And I can see how you are constantly <laughs> assessing and considering. So I want to applaud you for that. I think all of us can take a page from that. Learning, being open, Thank being you. humble, being teachable, right? And if we mm -hmm. keep that open hand, God can give us all that we need. And especially if we don't worry about who gets the credit. If we're like, God, I want you to get the Talk credit. about it. Yeah, I just want Talk to serve you. It. So that's that's what you model. And I want to commend you for that. I wondered if as we close here, if you would pray for us, pray for our network in this season as we mm. come out of COVID. And then I'll ask you right at the end how they can get a hold of you if they want to know more information or maybe they want to partner and so I'll let you give us that at the end. But why don't you pray for us, if you would, please, my brother. Lord, you are such an amazing God. You've amazed us all of our lives. Thank you, Father, for my uh, brother Ian and the way, Lord, you're using him to lead our network. Thank you for using him, Lord, in this season, especially the COVID season, Lord. Thank you for our fellowship. Father, I'm amazed at how you're pulling us out of this tough, difficult season for our countries and for our local churches. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are out there, who are serving and laboring in a very difficult environment, that they will know that you care, that you are there for them, that you want to work with them. Lord, I pray the Lord, you will continue encouraging us, especially during this amazing season of Christmas. The Lord God, we will have that word of encouragement to our congregations. And Lord, I pray that for the leaders who are out there, I know that I'm speaking from another culture, but Lord, there are so many things that cross over that actually are not limited by culture. I pray that if there's any little positive idea that I've come out of this conversation, that Lord, you use it to glorify your very name. The Lord, they will use it father to father the ministries that you've called them to do. Lord, thank you for LifeLinks and Father for our churches around the world. Bless the pastors, bless the leaders and use them, Lord, to do that which you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 What a great prayer. Amen. Thank you, my brother. That is wonderful. And uh, we so appreciate your heart for us and for our network. So if they want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do so? <laughs> now, the best way to get hold of me is to write to me an email. It's Peter K. Peter K. at AfricaRenewal.org. Peter K at africarenewal.org and for my name if someone goes to facebook and types my name there will be about three pages that pull up my name anyone can find me there on facebook right. and then of course going to any of our website gaba community church website 
or Africa Renewal. And my address is also, I should be in one of the LifeLinks data. Yes. So someone can always yes. find me out there. Absolutely. My brothers, we need to connect because we need each other. Thank That's you. Right. We do. And I really appreciate the connection today. Thanks for everything you shared. Thank you for listening. If you like this content, would you do me a favor and please share it with others on social media? We have excellent interviews like this and we want this content to get as to many people as possible anyway god bless you pastor peter have a great christmas season you your family and your church and everyone on the podcast same for you and we will see you again soon god bless you god bless you thank you friends love you guys thank you for joining us for the lifelinks leadership podcast if you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at lifelinks.org.